everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beerit. I am your host, Meg, and this week I am very excited to be joined once again by repeat guest Alex from at Cocktail Creation UK on Instagram. Hello, Alex. How are you today? Hello, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You were one of my first guests. I think you might have been my first guest that wasn't a friend that I bribed um, to be on the show once I kind of pivoted to <laughs> the to the cocktail format so it's nice to have you back on oh it's nice to be back on and knowing that i was the first of the cocktail era that wasn't a bribed friend is a nice thing to know (laughs) yeah it's a it's it's a compliment you should be proud of yourself um so what Um, have you come on gin and beer to discuss this week well my absolute favorite spirit and i guess that falls into my favorite spirit in cocktails is being gin and gin cocktails excellent I love it. I love it. And why have you chosen gin cocktails apart from gin being your favorite spirit? Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a lot more diverse than I think people realize it is. Um, I think a lot of people going straight to the thought of martinis and that kind of area that is a lot more famous um, from James Bond and stuff like that. But there's a lot more modern classics that are not necessarily as recognized compared to the classics yeah definitely definitely no I think that I think that gin is very versatile and I personally like speaking about it because I don't think I think gin is popular in America gin is popular either if you're you know just a proper drinks enthusiast or if you happen to just really like gin and tonics but just your average person it, it's really not you know we don't drink gin and tonics and stuff in America um, the way that people do in the UK. So I do like talking about it because I feel like it spreads a bit of awareness about gin and how great it is. So I guess to start, what is your favorite gin cocktail of all of them? If you can think of and pick just one off the top of your head. It's a really hard one because it's very much based on either what I'm fancying at the time or the kind of the weather is another one. It's like... I think what I mentioned at the start is gin is such a broad range that it kind of almost has subcategories. So I would say probably if I had to absolutely pick one, probably a Negroni Mm -hmm. because it does show a lot about the gin and shows what the gin is rather than covering it too much. Um, I also am a big fan of like uh, stuff like uh, Collins's, Tom Collins's and Mm -hmm. um, Basil Smashes as well. Mm -hmm. When you muddle Basil into the gin with lemon and sugar and that I think again is another one that helps show the gin for what the gin is rather than covering it too much. Yeah, definitely. And what is your go-to workhorse gin in your bar when you're making cocktails? It very much changes to be honest. Like um it at the moment I'm using beef eater quite a lot because mm-hmm. <laughs> mainly because of the availability of it and the price. But it is also a very good gin it's all right i can very happily drink it as a gin tonic as well so i think without sacrificing quality you get quite a lot for your money in that mm-hmm. sense i think it's about i think most supermarkets you can get it for about 14 pounds and yeah i think for me if you're looking at the same for example gordon's or something like that it's a similar price for considerably lower quality experience. yeah yeah i definitely agree i am um, i mean i'm i'm not a student so i have a little bit more 
give with the gins that I get, but I have to say, no, I, I have absolutely no problem with beef eater. I can't really drink Gordon's anymore. Um, which is, I know Gordon's is the queen's go-to gin for when she has like oh, her really? gin and Dubonnet. Yeah. And I, I'm, I love you, Lizzie, but I can't, I can't do Gordon's <laughs> unless I'm in a really desperate situation. But well, I yeah. think, I, th- I think when it comes to it, I am often a lot happier to spend more, but only necessarily if it's one I will have as a gin and tonic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think in this kind of goes against what I was saying about covering the gin up, but in a cocktail, I think you can get away with a little bit more because mm-hmm. um, you, you do have the other flavors there and that sort of thing. But in terms of like just the workhorse one, I think beef register is probably your best bet or Tanqueray if you're that way inclined. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, um, Plymouth gin I've used. I mean, mm. that, that's a bit on the pricier side. I've, I've gotten that on sale on Amazon a couple of times, which is why I've gotten it. Um, but I do think it mm. runs for like 27 quid a bottle usually. Um, but that, is, oh, really? I really like that. Yeah. I, I really like that oh, as a, as yeah. a workhorse gin. Um, it go it's really nice in a, in a Negroni, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a bit of a, a learning curve with gin because obviously as i've said about 8000 times on the podcast gin is you know a proprietary booze so every single gin is going to be different and therefore yeah. is going to have such different uses so you know i i just think when i first started making cocktails um apart from just making like gin and tonics in my flat as a 20 year old i didn't appreciate that gins are so different and something like Hendrix, which is still, if I'm at a pub, mm-hmm. you know, especially like a pub in the, cause I, I find that pretty much everywhere in the UK has Hendrix. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. some of your like old man pubs will have Hendrix. So mm-hmm. that that's usually my go-to for a gin and tonic in a pub, unless they have some sort of fancy gin menu, but I wouldn't really make a gin and tonic or sorry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a Negroni, um, with Hendrix because, you know, it's, it's more, it's got more of that like cucumber botanicals. I mean, you could, you could experiment with it. Um, but it's just, there's a bit of a learning curve to what purposes the different gins have. And I think that, um, Hendrix is designed to be in just the more floral. Yeah. Like gin and tonics or, um, you know, you could put it in like kind of a floral gin sour type drink, um, something like that. But yeah, I wouldn't, I, I don't think Hendrix kind of made Hendrix with the intention of it being used in, in cocktails no. like the Negroni. Hendrix is one of those gins that is quite a classic in terms of even how it's made and how, how it's made in Scotland. And it's all quite not very changed since it was first created. So I don't think it's necessarily moved in terms of the way that gin has in terms of it being more mixology based and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean what so you said you've been using beef eat a lot but what what is your favorite gin for a gin and tonic just like your bog standard gin and tonic Ooh. Uh, this is where the financial bit goes up a little bit <laughs> um, i think it for if i'm just going for like a, a london dry or an original gin and tonic i would probably have to go with number three like mm-hmm. there's a brand called number three gin and it's a really cool bottle with like a key on the front and that I would say is like my perfect gin for a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. And that's completely down to my own personal taste, but I know it's also very well known. I think it's won quite a few San Francisco Spirits Awards and stuff like that. I might be wrong with that, but 
it's one of those ones that is everything you're looking for in a gin and tonic, in my opinion. Um, and again, it's another one that is very good for um, cocktails, for example. Like I have used it for a Negroni and it is very good. Like I think a Negroni especially is one of those cocktails that relies a lot on the ingredients and the quality of the ingredients. Yeah, because yeah. It's literally just the spirit. And the... so, yeah, I think number three, I would say in terms of my regular original London dry, in terms of a flavoured gin, I'd have to go probably... There's quite a few because I quite like brands more than I do mm-hmm. a specific one. Um, Malfi is one of yeah. them. Yeah, I love Malfi. Uh, Blood Orange or Corn Arantia, or probably isn't that's how you say it, but <laughs> um, Slingsby as well. Yorkshire Gin is very nice. Chase, another one. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it, it's a lot more specific to brand than it is the actual gin when it comes to flavoured gins because. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, not wanting to slate Gordon's again, but a lot of the Gordon's ones aren't necessarily as good as they should be because of the fact that the base of it is Gordon's. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, I used to absolutely, probably four or five years ago, I used to absolutely love Gordon's pink gin, but I just can't, can't do it anymore. Mm. <laughs> My palate has matured a bit too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't mean yeah. to slate Gordon's either, but I've just... It's not really my thing anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's just the the amounts are endless. Is there any, apart obviously from Gordon's, which we've just spoken about, are there any gins or categories of gins that you're really not that fussed with, not really for you? There is one gin that I've had before, and it wasn't necessarily that I didn't like it as such it was mainly to do with the fact that if I was to have anything above it I would mm-hmm. <laughs> which sounds like I don't like it but it's a gin from Finland called Kiro or K-Y-R-O and it it's just a little bit too coriander seedy for mm-hmm. me it, it's slightly too herbaceous and it's one of those things that in my opinion for my palate personally doesn't feel like it's very balanced do you are you one of those people that when you taste coriander you taste soap or no? I'm actually, uh, no, I'm actually not. I do quite like coriander generally and yeah. um, coriander root and seed flavor in gins. It's just something about that one just made it taste a little, almost a little bit, as you said, like soap, but regular coriander actually isn't bad. Yeah. For me personally. Yeah. So no, that's fair. It's a, it's a weird one, but that's, the, that's the only one that comes to my mind when I think that. And obviously Gordon's is the example, but. I've been very fortunate not really had to have to have too many gins that I don't like. So. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the, it's not even, even gin, but I, I bitched about this on my vermouth episode with Michael, but I really can't stand this like gin liqueur fad that shops are currently like the unicorn tears. Mm, uh, and yeah. I didn't go that. Yeah. I mean, I, it, they aren't actually gin. Like I, I think like, mm. I think they get away with it because they call it gin liqueur, but yeah, it's a bit of a cop out because I wouldn't, I don't actually think you could classify those as, um, as yeah. gin, but I really, really detest the gin liqueurs and I hope that they fall out of fashion very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I think um, gin liqueurs uh, to become a gin liqueur need to be below 37.5%, so 37% alcohol yeah. down. Um, and the thing is, gin liqueurs is actually a really touchy area because some of them are actually 
if you look and know where to look, they are quite good because they are punching more towards the 37% area. Yeah. I think it's it's when certain companies put, say it's a gin liqueur and it's like, I don't know, 15, 16%. And it's like, okay, you're kind of not really getting the point of what gin is at that point. Yeah. I, I think... Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. I also just think for me, like, it, they're just sickly sweet. Um, and in the case of, like, yeah. unicorn tears, they're loaded with, like, glitter oh, and yeah. stuff like yeah, yeah. that. Like, the, I think the flavor, yeah. and as you say, the alcohol content just completely takes a backseat. And that's why I'm just, I'm not a fan. I, I think a lot of them are a lot more of a gimmick than it should be. Yeah. I, I think especially ones that I think because the whole craze to do with gin liqueurs has spiked a little bit it's a lot of uh, supermarket companies have started selling their own gin liqueurs that are these full of glitter. And I admittedly had one the other day that I actually quite liked, but so I'm going to ignore that one. But they are sometimes quite, well, horrendously sweet is for one. Yeah. It's almost yeah. a little bit like a cordial or a, or a um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard. And if you like that sort of thing, that's fine. And you do, you but not for me personally yeah i think I for an example of one that i haven't actually tried that i actually think might be all right though is uh hayman's um london-based gin company yeah have they're based just in released... the town in london that yeah, I live in, very very close yeah. so i actually did think that actually. <laughs> um they've released one recently which is um i'm just trying to look it up really quickly peach and they're something. like fruit um, cup yeah yeah, peach and rose, I think it is. Oh, peach and rose gin cup. And I, I've had Heyman's before, and I really like Heyman's, and I really like Heyman's as a brand and all that stuff. So I, I kind of can't see how that would be bad, but only on the sense of the brand. Yeah, I um, I can't remember it because I did a, a tasting there um, back in like October of last year, and I can't remember if that was one of the ones that we tried. I kind of I feel like it new. wasn't because it was a bit out of season, but I, I think, think it's I remember just come out around the summer. Yeah, I um, I I think that one is made with the intention of being more like a spritz, and in that, but you know, like you add, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, add something. a bit of like prosecco and um and soda water and all of that. So in that sense, I could see that being quite good. Still, I mean, I, I'm I'm also just not still massive, over, like, overwhelmingly sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm just not a crazy like fruit and just like sweet drink mm. fan in general. Um like I'm a huge fan of Pims, but like two glasses and mm. I'm completely done. Um so <laughs> um but I'm sure like I'm sure I'm sure objectively it is nice. Um Yeah, I mean I've never had it so I can't tell you, but yeah. Going by Heyman's as a brand and everything I've had from Heyman's before has always been above and beyond what not what i would expect but from what i'd expect especially for the price point for the price point yeah. Is. It's like, yeah yeah it's like i think it's about 21 pound and it's up there very very close to my top three or four so it's like yeah, um, yeah no i i have this might be me just trying to change yeah but i think i have to give it a go <laughs> so actually that's quite a good segue then because i was going to ask you what are some of like your favorite gin type bars that you've gone to? And when I was thinking about it, it made me think of, you know, cause doing, doing that Heyman's tour was probably one of the last really gin focused outings that I've had. So what, 
um, can be anywhere, but what, what sort of gin experiences have you had out and about? Not a lot, to be honest. <laughs> I wish I'd had more. Um, I actually did plan on quite a few things before um, COVID hit, obviously. And mm-hmm. I was going to go out to a gin that I don't like very much, but is better than Gordon's. It's Bombay Sapphire's mm-hmm. Distillery. Um, because they've got like a whole, like, a, like an Eden Project kind of style thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've actually done, I've... <laughs> there's Where I live in York, um, we're pretty close to the York Gin shop, mm-hmm. which isn't like a massive experience. You walk around the shop for five minutes, purchase a bottle, and then walk out. But <laughs> you get to try them, you get to see that, that sort of thing. And with it being so local as well, it's quite nice to go and see it. I guess. Yeah, and it's like yeah, a really nice definitely. old uh, Tudor building and stuff. So it's it's really hard to kind of put into words without having like being able to show what is actually there. But it, it's a lot nicer than what I'm trying to play out to say be is just a room but yeah that's probably the only one really unfortunately yeah no I feel like I've had a lot of plans um I have I would love to do the Bombay Sapphire one I actually don't mind Bombay Sapphire I definitely I personally prefer it to Tanqueray um really yeah yeah um not Tanqueray like Tanqueray number 10 I think is on another level but that's that's up there with my 50 pound yeah and um, uh, oh and uh, my favorites yeah yeah but i um i actually really don't mind bombay sapphire at all um but oh, even really? even if i didn't like it i think that that would just be a cool distillery to visit just from like a history perspective and yeah, the yeah. that they're so widely known i yeah i don't mind bombay it, it's one of those ones that is if it's in the pub or something a bit like what you said and it is one of those ones it's very often even in old man pubs, mm-hmm. I will have it. Again, it's just one of those ones I'd probably pick. If there's any other option other than Gordon's, I'd pick it over it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I would definitely go to see the distillery because it looks like an absolute work of art, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. There's lots that like Mr. Fogg's um, has a gin palace in London that I've really wanted to go to. And I think they do tastings and master classes and stuff like that. Um, mm. And then, you know, occasionally in London, you just go to a pub and you can tell that they really care about gin and they source a lot of oh, different yeah. ones. Um, I mean, there's a place in York, um, just again, very close to where I live called Fosgate Tap. And it's one of those places where you just go in and they've got a wall of gin. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably the nearest I've had in terms of that kind of style of thing what you're talking about with just someone that knows their gin and yeah it's technically not dedicated to gin but has a large gin range yeah definitely and it's a good um like there's one i think i brought up on the last episode but um in lewisham which is a neighborhood kind of out in east london they have these arches and there's a gin bar in there and that that's where i tried aviation gin for the first time and those sort of places are good because they also just know how to make a properly good gin and tonic so you'll get like a nice garnish and yeah. you know a craft tonic and things like that which is a bit nicer than what you might normally make at home so that's always a fun experience yeah it's why i quite like if you ever go out uh, to somewhere that's a little bit more fancy it's like you quite like to order a gin that yes is double the price as what it would normally be but it's like a double and you get uh that garnish and tonic yeah. and it's all like it's actually almost put as like a cocktail on a menu yeah exactly the way I it's kind of presented so. okay so how about now because you 
I guess I didn't give you a proper intro at the beginning because you're a repeat guest, but for the listeners who've not heard Alex's first episode, Alex has a very popular cocktail account on Instagram called it Cocktail Creation UK, um, where he posts really nice photos and recipes of creative cocktails. So since you're so well-versed, I'm going to give you just random occasions or situations and you're going to tell me what gin drink you think would fit best with that situation. So first, let's start kind of easy. A summer barbecue. See how this goes. Bramble or a spritz. Yeah. No, I think that's a good shout. Yeah. And then with Prosecco. Mm, you know, for me, probably a gin basil smash, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I was holding that one back for the later on, but yeah, that one, <laughs> you can repeat. But yeah, I, I, to, to be honest, yeah, I think to be honest, any one that has a lot of ice and is kind of topped with something or has different flavors added to it, like basil and the basil smash, is good. Like yeah, or even like um something. I think this is the thing with gin and especially with gin cocktails is gin cocktails are so impacted by the gin you use. Yeah, like. Yeah. As, as we were talking about earlier with Hendrix, like you could do a Hendrix in a spritz and you've got like almost a cucumber and elderflower spritz if you've got some elderflower liqueur and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, I think with elderflower, gin, cucumber, lime, lemon, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, kind of on the complete flip side, a cold rainy day. Because I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't like associate gin as more of like a springy, summery type drink. So what would you, what would you make mm. with gin if it was a shit day where you're sat inside? Martini probably yeah. <laughs> stronger the better. Yeah, it's a good. I shout. think I think I think martinis are one of those ones that again you can be put in any situation, but are one of those things that I think most people have a very specific thing for what they want. Yeah, in it. like the measurements of gin to uh vermouth and what bitters they want and whether they want a garnish of an olive or whether they want a lemon twist or whatever it's one of those things where i think again it, based on the situation and the person it's very much more objectifying what you want yeah in that moment yeah definitely um what else negroni Negroni's yeah another one, yeah I think. yeah I feel like Negroni is a good in any situation because honestly, I could drink yeah, a Negroni true. at a barbecue as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true, actually. Although the thing is, with again, this might be the fact that I've done it before, but Negronis are one of those ones that I really struggle to drink the way they're intended. Yeah. Because obviously, they're, in, they're intended as a aperitif and you drink it yeah. before a meal and or after a meal to help you digest. I don't like that idea. Like the whole idea of the way it's meant to be is a bit. Uh, I don't know really how to put it, but it's one of those ones that is a little bit. I'd rather have it before than after, sort of thing. Well, I think I think I think Negronis are meant to be an aperitif because they're meant to be a palate cleanser. Because um, I actually had a couple of weeks ago a like a wine tasting kind of party with a couple of friends, and um, I offered a bunch of my friends because I know they all like Negronis. I offered them a Negroni as as like a starting cocktail, and one of my mm-hmm. friends is like, "Fucking hell! Like we're gonna start the drink the evening that strong." Yeah. And me and my other friend was like, "Actually, like it's meant to be because it's meant to be like an aperitivo Italian sort of drink that you have um, 
before you even go for dinner, it kind of in the same vein as an Aperol spritz. Yeah, I think yeah. an Aperol spritz is a lot lighter than a Negroni, but yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, I, I really like it before a meal, but I'll happily have to have it after a meal during a meal. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not well, yeah, actually, when I drink yeah. Negronis. Yeah. As long as you've got one in hand, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Let me think other situations. Um, what about a gin drink for when you're feeling quite fragile, maybe a bit hungover from the night before? I can't remember the actual name for it, but uh, the blood, pretty much a Bloody Mary, but you swap the vodka for gin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know. It, I know if I you do it with tequila, it's a Bloody Maria. But Bloody I don't Maria. Know the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I also <laughs> think I've nursed quite a few hangovers with a gin and tonic, and I feel like it actually, if as long as you aren't hungover from gin and tonics, I feel like gin and tonics are actually quite yeah. refreshing. It'll make you feel a bit better. One that I have heard of that is completely mental to me because I couldn't think of anything worse if I'm hungover is a martini. A lot of people have said that martinis, because of the pure strength of it, kind of makes you almost forget that you're hungover. Yeah. Because you, you have to put yourself through so much to drink it in the first place and maybe not enjoy it. The fact that when you're done, you're almost a bit like, oh, there you go. I'm done. That sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I feel like... I, I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine anything worse personally, but you know. I Yeah. I mean, I just think that doing that is going to drastically delay your hangover um, yeah. and make yeah, it a lot I, worse when you do actually... Like terrible. Yeah. Um, but I can see how very, very temporarily that could be like a nice band-aid. <laughs> you, just, you just get drunk quicker, just get drunk again and then Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about a gin drink for someone who thinks they hate gin? A bramble. Hundred, hundred, hundred percent. Like this is the one that I always say, or a bramble or a French 75. Mm-hmm. Because a bramble I'll start with a bramble. A bramble is kind of just gin lemon sugar and then topped off with blackberry liqueur and dependent of what blackberry liqueur you use it kind of doesn't cover the gin but almost softens it a little bit mm-hmm. and again this is kind of taking things down a slightly different route but for someone that hasn't or doesn't think they like gin i would always recommend trying a clarified cocktail first which is going to go down a little bit more of a rabbit hole mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know if you want to go down but go for it now i'm here for it um, clarified cocktails are cocktails that are pretty much filtered through milk when you've got citrus in the cocktail through a f- cocktail filter or not a cocktail filter, a coffee filter and it <laughs> it curdles the milk and then drips the liquid through um, however disgusting that sounds it makes a drink a lot more soft around the edges and can make it a lot more easier to drink if so you don't like it like it's a it's a really hard one to explain again without being able to physically show but it's like it's one of those things where it also makes the cocktail clear mm-hmm. um so for example if you were to do it like a, this isn't a gin drink but a cosmopolitan for example it would mean that the, instead of just a deep red that you can't see through you could see through it mm-hmm. um I would all again. It's, if someone doesn't like gin, it's very hard to make them drink a gin drink that's been filtered through curdled milk. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> that's personally like if you don't tell them that and say just try this that's the best way to do it in my yeah because it softens the rough edges of what people don't like about gin yeah i haven't i honestly haven't actually experimented much with clarified drinks yet it's something that's been on my list to do but i mean you've sold it so well so oh, i'm we just gonna have to point. hang up hang up this call and go do that curdle some milk <laughs> no uh, it's really hard to make sound pleasant like <laughs> yeah what is um again to be honest it doesn't look it literally doesn't look pleasant until you finish the drink it's yeah. not a pretty experience <laughs> oh no but i've seen the photos of the drinks and they do look stunning so i get what you mean about the um the clarity of the drink itself um okay what is a good gin drink to make I feel like you probably covered this slightly with the barbecue one, but to make in bulk, like a batch drink to make with gin. Oh, I personally, and I've done this quite a few times, a couple of times now actually, is Tom Collins. Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it's really good in the sense that it's just gin, lemon, and sugar. And it's topped off with soda water. So if you do just the gin, the lemon, and sugar in like a jug or a pitcher or whatever you're making it in, and then you can just allow people to put their own soda water in the glass or on top. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's one of those ones that almost works as one you can just put in the fridge as long as it's not covered in ice. And then mm -hmm. you can just put ice in when you need. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a cop out possibly, but it's no, the no, one that I've done. So. Yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of people also go for like an el gin elderflower spritz or something like that, which is not yeah. super dissimilar. Anything that tends to be anything that tends to be topped up with either Prosecco or soda water or tonic or anything like that, it kind of works in the same kind of ways I would just mention. So. Yeah, definitely. What about a gin drink in at the holiday season, Christmas time? Oh, gin hot toddy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think there's, a, you know, I just uh, last Christmas I experimented with uh, um hot buttered gin mm, that's interesting so doing like a hot buttered hot buttered rum but with gin and it worked well but what I found is you need to use a gin that is considerably stronger than just like a 40 percent okay interesting so like because a navy strength um admittedly I never did it with a navy strength I always did one that was like um I think I did 45 and then possibly 50 Mm -hmm. or in and around those areas and and that the 50 worked better so i can imagine if you went further up and further up to you know navy strength it would work yeah it's one of the things though if you think about if you've ever had a hot buttered rum it's like you kind of get the kick of the rum not later but you kind of get the funk of whatever rum you're using kind of as an after effect to the warmth mm -hmm. you kind of get the warmth of get the flavor almost yeah and i think i tried it again like a 40 percent. i can't remember exactly what it was but it kind of just disappeared you mm -hmm. was i think away from navy v even you need to use one that's got quite strong flavors gin hot drinks need a lot more flavor and a lot more power from the actual spirit than necessarily rum does because of the nature of the spirit more than it is like to do with the actual gin itself i think you need to be quite specific with what you pick and it's one of those things that you will never really get until you've tried every gin in the world but yeah i think it's one of those ones that you, it will always keep getting better if you keep finding gins and stuff that you think would work better in that yeah 
I think for me, um, I actually, another plug for Heyman's, but when I visited Heyman's because they were coming into the holiday season, they do a slow gin, but they also do a spiced slow gin. Um, and the spice slow gin was actually really fantastic. And I think if memory serves that they shared it with cola, um, like Coke shared it, I think they <laughs> mixed it. Um, and that was, that was really nice. Um, and I, I feel like there's a lot that you could do with that spice slow gin in a hot drink at the holiday season. Um, so I definitely recommend that one at Christmas time. Um, okay. So just to sort of wrap up, um, cause we're almost at time. What would in, in the spirit of gin pun intended, I suppose, what would you recommend for people at home who want to get into gin, what would you recommend they get just in terms of maybe you've already kind of gone over your workhorse gins, maybe, you know, beef eater is a nice one. Um, but in terms of also like mixers, um, what are just good thing tools, maybe what are good things to have on hand for just your classic gin drinks for someone who just wants to get started? In terms of cocktails or just in terms of like what gin? Um, in terms of cocktails, yeah. Like any, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you need obviously a shaker and strainer, <laughs> um, jigger to measure. Um, I think people overcomplicate cocktails and cocktail making a lot more than it should be. Like, it, it's not a difficult skill to teach yourself, mm -hmm. like, I think especially with gin, I think, again, if you find a gin that you like and you can work and you kind of find things that you like and you kind of, a lot of it, especially in terms of coming up with your own ones, is about experimenting with what you like and what you want. Like, I think, um, I personally, again, in a sense, I've, this is a slightly different note, but have stepped back a little bit from the Instagram just because uh, it, it was a bit too much I used to have a schedule from Monday to Friday. I'd post on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then it went to Monday and Friday. Mm -hmm. And then it's gone to whenever I want at this yeah. point. So it's, I think it's kind of, it's just when you want to do it. And it, it's, I think the, the best advice I can give in terms of making cocktails, especially gin cocktails to start with, is just kind of go with what you want. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not going to be great every single time. But if you find recipes that you like and different gins and flavors that you like and different liqueurs you want to mix with different gins and stuff it's it's very much a personal thing like i think a lot of what cocktails and mixology is and I, you can get people that are a little bit snobby with cocktails and stuff but if you like it then so be it like in yeah. a lot of cases yeah i think those are very wise words i don't, I don't know if i answered the question but no you did no i think i think the advice to not overthink it and just figure out what you like is, is definitely, that definitely answers the question. So I know that you've just said that you are stepping away a bit from the Instagram and I understand that very much. I have been in that boat, but <laughs> where can the listeners find you if they do want to have a peek at your Instagram and see the drinks that you've already made? Uh, Cocktail Creation UK on Instagram. And that's kind of just where I am. And I post when I want and stories every so often and that sort of thing so nice not a lot but <laughs> we know i love it i love it so i hope everyone checks alex out thank you so much alex for joining this week I'm sure everyone learned a lot about thank Jen. you for having me come back again come back on again anytime you want